mindset, performance, science, transforming communication, perspective, and boundaries. Welcome to the Redefining Success Show with Aaron Jewell. And now, here's your host, Aaron Jewell. All right, everyone. Welcome to the show. My name is Aaron, and this episode, we are going to talk about the yin and yang of leadership. I have to tell you, I am in particular very excited about this. And to the point where I was just thinking to myself, wow, this is dangerous that I have access to this platform where I can pretty much say whatever I want in any given session, especially the solo cast sessions that have been recently recommended for me to do so that I can become the thought leader in the areas of mindfulness and female leadership in the ways that I believe I deserve to be based on years of research and experience and future research to come. And just the mere fact that I love this stuff. I can't get enough of this. And I, I wanted, this is a little disclosure. So I am here to support all of humanity. I am all for unity. I am not interested in separation. And with that, my focus, my purpose at this time, I am in a chapter where I feel called and I am being called to support and have my primary purpose be focusing on women, supporting women in the workplace, and how to empower female leaders around the globe. So just to give a little bit of context, when we talk about the yin and the yang of leadership, what we're really talking about is not masculine and feminine. And this is where, this is one of the reasons why the English language frustrates me. It's a funny thing, you know, verbal communication, which seemingly represents such a large chunk of our efficacy as leaders and as humans is a complete myth and complete misunderstanding. The verbal aspect of how we communicate as humans actually can be so severely limiting to our purposefulness, to to the meaningfulness of a conversation and to the efficacy of a conversation. So with that, the English language is a bit frustrating for me. I consider myself to be a little bit of a wordsmith, and I thank my father for that growing up and my mother. Uh, My father growing up would put papers on our refrigerator with new words for us to learn every, I don't know, I don't know what it was, every week or so, these outrageous words. And to this day, he certainly is a wordsmith. My grandfather was quite the wordsmith. We like words. We like using our words, and we like we like expressing ourselves verbally. And here I am telling you how totally ineffective that is, even though I love doing it. Verbal communication ends up actually having only about a 7% effect and impact on any given interaction or, or exchange. And about 53% of that verbal communication is in fact nonverbal. And the English language, when it comes to feelings, when it comes to sort of the more abstract, seems to be very limited. And as somebody who has traveled internationally, who speaks other languages, I can tell you my experience has been the English language tends to be quite limited. So I love saying yin and yang of leadership, except a lot of the time when I say yin and yang of leadership, 
what then proceeds to happen are individuals say to me, well, what's that? So on the one hand, it's nice because it's a conversation starter. On the other hand, I still am learning how to best communicate this. This is where I say, essentially, the yin and yang of leadership is all about the masculine and the feminine. Okay. So what we're going to talk about today, and with that, just so you all know, and just so it's clear, the masculine and feminine exists, exist, yes, within every single one of us. We all have it. We all have the yin and the yang. Here's another way I talk about it. I talk about the contrast, the contrast that we experience collectively as a humanity, the contrast we experience with nature, right? So we have day and night, we have the sun, we have the moon, we have these kind of We have animals that come out at night. We have animals that come out during the day, each serving its own particular purpose. We have that within us. We have that really it is a a chemistry, an integration, an interaction. Some people might say balance. We have that yin and that yang inside of us, within us. And here's the deal. When we are only representing the one side or the other side of that existence, we automatically feel out of harmony. We automatically feel off balance. So for example, let's say I focus a lot of my energy and time on producing, giving, initiating, activating. I am tapping into the yang side of my leadership capabilities. I am tapping into the yang side of my human abilities, which is all good and fine for a period of time. So let's do a little bit of a side, a continuation of this, this storytelling slash knowledge share slash simple interpretation of what we are experiencing as a humanity, transition into a little bit of a storytelling here. I was raised to believe I was invincible. And I believed it. And in some ways I still do. I believed I was raised, I the way I interpreted my environment growing up was that I was capable of anything. I could accomplish anything I set my heart to. So that box was checked. My parents, my schooling, a great job was done and, and a great fun was had by all in ensuring that that is what I grew up feeling, which is a pretty fantastic thing. The next thing that I, understanding that I came to have about my environment was the more I acted and behaved a certain way, the more likely I would be to obtain what other people defined as definitions of success. So for example, I learned early on, even before I graduated college, that by becoming a pharmaceutical sales rep, I would make a lot of money and I would have a job and a career that was secure 
and that I would be looked upon by others as being successful and that it was also a job that many people wanted and were not able to accomplish getting, right? I was also taught to be powerful, right? And the word powerful to me meant competition, 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 right? Now, this came from a lot of different sources. For example, as a nation, we are known as an individualistic country. We are known for our sense of achievement. We are known for our sense of accomplishment. We are encouraged and we are rewarded. And this behavior of competition is really, it's reinforced in the corporate sector and across the board. We are rewarded and we are given merits and recognitions uh, to, for the things that we accomplish and achieve as individual contributors, which is certainly not a bad thing. It has led to a lot of the success that we have seen in our economy. We have a lot of entrepreneurs, myself included. We have a lot of people that are able to show up authentically and make a living doing what they love. Right? So there's a lot of benefits to that, right? With that, powerful to me became about accomplishing, achieving, obtaining, going after, competing. And in my early 20s in the pharmaceutical sales sector, I was always in competition and I was always being recognized for my achievements and I was always chasing the number. <laughs> and that's also all good and fine. Everything that I have shared with you up until this point, all of the characteristics that I have described, all of the behaviors that I have shared that have been reinforced for me are known as young leadership characteristics. So let's continue on. So I those of you who know my story, I left the pharmaceutical sales sector and was recruited by a very large medical device company. And I recall in the interview process, it being expressed to me that it was a, a team of 12 guys, men that I, that I would be joining. I, I recall it being expressed to me that because I played sports, was really good at, at basketball and I was a lot better at lacrosse than anything else. I can't say I was very good at basketball, but because I, <laughs> because I played these sports, I would be able to adjust to working with the guys. It was, it was viewed as a gift and it was viewed as a positive. It was viewed as a gift and as a positive that I knew how to interact with the guys. I, I made a point of talking about I was always friends with more guys than girls. This was, this was all, these were all behaviors that were being reinforced for me along the way. So in my early 20s, when my companies started to reinforce this behavior, well, then it was just off to the races, right? So all of a sudden, this young style of leadership was really working for me. 
So I continued in my career and I continued to be outward and expressive and extroverted and one of the guys and, and it worked. You know, I was recognized for my achievements. I was competitive in nature. I was good at what I did. And eventually I was recruited by another medical device company, even bigger. And at this point, this is when things started to change. And I had already been having some experiences where I felt like I was not being supported as a female growing in my career. I had very few, if any, female role models in any of the companies I had worked for. I mean, I interacted with some other women. There really wasn't any examples for me to follow. And I mean that with all the respect in the world, some, some great women along the way, but I never really felt like any women were necessarily showing up as present to me as a mentor. And perhaps hindsight's twenty twenty. I believe actually some of that was because I was not inviting them in to support me. I felt very comfortable with men. I felt very comfortable behaving in, in these more young kind of masculine ways. And so seeking help from any women just didn't really seem to be necessary for me. In fact, I quite enjoyed being the only woman in a lot of the places I traveled to in the workplace. I quite enjoyed that. And, and, you know, it's in our DNA as women historically to compete, to compete for resources. And we have companies that encourage that competition by only giving a few spots at the top. You know, I may or may not get into that this session. So moving forward, things started to change. I was hired by, I was recruited by that third company, the biggest one yet. It was the most challenging role yet. I'm on call. I'm working in operating rooms. I'm supporting procedures with morbidity and mortality rates. I eventually go back and pursue my higher education, get my MBA. They support it. Out of that, I leave and I go into the international side of the business, which was a dream of mine for years. At that point, I started to really see, and I didn't have the self-awareness at the time, others started to see my limitations. And I started to really struggle with my leadership role that I was brought into eventually in the international market. And the way I responded to challenges was by being directive. I was described as being militant. I responded to challenges by using verbal communication as much as possible, by by initiating, activating, fixing, rescuing, giving. And throughout all of that time, if if you had an image of me based on which leadership characteristics had been really developed, It would have looked like the right side of me had these like really big, strong muscles, almost like I had been taking steroids, like really big, disproportionately large muscles. And then the left side, the the yin, so the right side being the yang, just pretend, the left side being the yin would have been completely deflated, no muscle density whatsoever, just skin and flab and soft and, and, and just totally disproportionately underdeveloped. And as a result of this culmination, this manifestation, I literally set my own ceiling for myself. I reached the top of where I was going to go. I made a choice to 
take my business elsewhere and follow a calling. And it was not until I left the traditional workforce that I realized just how far gone I really was. And I've dedicated the last several years of my life to learning, first of all, what in the world are feminine leadership characteristics? What are the yin leadership characteristics? Step one. Step two, understanding why they matter, what is so important about them, and why do I care about possessing them? And I also realized as a result of not developing and not really respecting this side of leadership that I had in some ways committed this form of career suicide. So I'll stay with that for a minute because I know that there are people that are listening or people that are watching and they get that or there's something in there that resonates or they currently know someone who is going through that. You see, women were never told about this. Women, the evolution of, of the journey of the woman is so fascinating and so powerful. And it was about representation. It was about getting into those places that we previously did not belong. That's what we cared about. We cared about it so much. And I'll speak for myself and I will keep this to my experience. I cared about that so much. I cared about going to the places that women didn't get to so very much that I left the woman in me behind. I was blessed enough to eventually recognizing how completely destructive that was to not only my career, to my well-being, and really to humanity. You know, I said something earlier. I said, I never had women help me along the way. I never reported into a female leader. I, I had a few women toward the end start reaching out. And there's one, one woman in particular. She was uh, in the HR function of the last company I worked with and total godsend, complete advocate, just really, in fact, was one of the first people to say as I was leaving Metro, uh, the company I was working with, ah, if you see my profile, you know who I work with. She said, um, you need to work with women. You need to work with women, which at the time I, I was polite and I was diplomatic. And I said, oh, yeah, that'd be great. Inside my head, I'm like, ah, no way, <laughs> which is exactly what I needed to see. Because when I resisted that and she wasn't the last person and it was again and again, and again, revealed to me over the next five, six, seven years until I finally surrendered, I saw that I resisted that and I wanted to understand what that meant. Why was I resisting working with women? What was the problem? And then all of a sudden, it was like my life flashed before my eyes. And I looked back at all these years where I thought, I thought I was supporting women. I had women reporting into me. Women would come to me with their issues and concerns, and I would try to address them. Oftentimes that backfired. I had women retaliate along the way. No, I had trauma with women in the workplace. And I also did not respect the feminine side of leadership. So essentially, those of you who believe in the energy of things, those of you who understand and appreciate the physics, the energy of it all, it's just physics. If you, if you understand physics, then this is going to make sense to you. 
the energy I was putting out was stay away from me, women. Yeah. I was on mentor groups and I mentored women and I, I was in these women's groups, but deep down behind closed doors, did I find it easier to work with men? Yep. Did I prefer to work with men? Yep. Was I experiencing a whole level of chaos working with men? Yep. Unhealthy emotional connections, toxic connections, being the emotional outlet for men instead of them going and talking with their wives and their partners. I mean, that's a whole other show. However, somehow it felt better to me to be in those environments. And essentially, I created this bubble around myself throughout my career, not only keeping other women away from supporting me, more importantly, keeping myself away from supporting myself. So here I was with this like overdeveloped young side. I can initiate anything. Anybody who knows me knows that. I'm a project starter. I'm a doer. I'm an executor I, all day long. Now we're going to transition here for the last few minutes of this. Let's talk a little bit about the yin of leadership. You know, this is where I really thank the global political community. And I'm just going to leave it at that. And I'm not necessarily referring, I'm saying global, okay? I'm saying everyone, because there are some seriously badass female leaders out there, like rocking. I think the first, I believe it's the princess of Persia, if I'm not mistaken, was the first like political female leader about seven years ago that I became aware of. And I started learning about her and what she did and how she showed up and how feminine her energy was as a leader and how effective it was. And then I started learning about these other leaders around the globe and how their people listened to them, how they effectively guided their countries to successful outcomes. And then I started thinking about the women in my life and some of their attributes and some of their characteristics that I honor deep down the most. And I realized I have these things within me. And these things that I have within me make me an effective leader. So what are these things? How about engagement? How about presence? Active listening. If I had a nickel for every time I heard those words thrown at me in a sales training session, the funny thing is I was about to say I'd be rich, but when I really think about it, I mean, we were never taught those things. We were taught how to sell. I was always taught how to sell. The selling became more conversational in nature as I transitioned from pharma, you know, to medical device, but, you know, the foundation had been set and the power and and my teachers were always men. My teachers were always men. I had very few trainers and teachers along the way that were women. So we all have these characteristics within us. And historically, the characteristics that are most promoted and most recognized as being effective are things like initiation, activation, execution, being the fixer, being the rescuer, being the decision maker. Leadership characteristics like presence, active listening, engagement. Those of you on the commercial side of any organization, and I'll probably talk about this in an upcoming podcast interview I'll, I'll be, uh, that will be done of me. Those of you on the commercial side of any organization, think about it. When do you have the most successful outcomes? It's when you really get to the bottom of your customer's needs. 
when your questions that you are asking are a result of the active listening that you have done, a result of your presence and engagement, not you waiting to get that next question in, not you thinking, if I don't close this client, dot, 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 you simply being there with the client in that moment, free of all of that. That is what yin leadership is all about. You're building a new team and they've never worked together before. You have imperatives. You have strategic initiatives. You have a laundry list of things to accomplish with these people. Those of you who've been on both sides of this, like I have, what do you do? Go in and start telling them what to do? Or do you go in and do you hold space? Do you even know what it means to hold space for a leadership, for a team as a leader? That these are yin leadership characteristics. So in the last few minutes, and this will probably become another session too, we'll see. Higher education needs to change. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. Probably most of you are like, what's new, right? Here's the deal. Two things. Number one, the pay gap between men and women, about 3% pre-MBA. This is recent data. After MBA, it's about 10% men versus women. No bueno. Number two, female leaders are still not being cultivated and taught how to become better female leaders. Female leaders are still being taught how to become better male leaders in these traditional MBA programs and these higher education programs, at least on the business side. That needs to change. And I know that there are some programs that are aware of this out there. However, there's still much work to be done. And I personally find it hard to recommend any female considering an MBA or a higher higher degree in business at this point until I really start to see programs come out with curriculum that is designed to cultivate the female leader and those yin characteristics for everyone. So with that, I appreciate your time today. If you have any questions or any comments or just anything you'd like to hear more about or or share, feel free to go to www.erinjewelconsulting, all one word, erinjewelconsulting.com forward slash bookings. Find a time that works. Love to have a conversation. As an executive coach, I focus entirely, I focus primarily on working with women, female leaders who are really looking to become global role models. And by that, I mean the female leaders who are willing to do the type of work that I've been talking about today, who do want to remove that ceiling that they've set for themselves and show up more powerfully for themselves and others. It's possible, it's happening every day. And I hope that this will be something that you'll consider as you decide to take your next steps on your leadership journey. Thanks so much for your time today. Make it a great one. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, visit AaronJewelConsulting.com.